This episode of The Sleeper and the Bus is brought to you by Out of the Park Baseball 18, the best baseball strategy game ever made. Available now on PC, Mac, and Linux platforms. It's officially licensed by MLB and MLBPA, allowing you to take any team from any era, from any level, and run it the way you want with unprecedented depth, control, and authenticity. New for this year, 2017 opening day rosters, historic Negro League integration, run the ultimate what-if scenarios, tournaments, fall leagues, a redesigned injury system, an improved 3D game, real-time presentation, and game highlights, improved player morale, and team chemistry, and so much more. Out of the Park Baseball 18 has the full sleeper in the bust stamp of approval. We all play it and have for years. Even better, if you buy now through the Sleeper in the Bust podcast, you'll receive a special 10% discount off the retail price of $39.99 by going to ootpdevelopments.com, click on the order banner, and just enter the code SLEEPER18 at checkout to not only get a discount, but also help support the Sleeper in the Bust, indie sports video game development, and all the people who work to bring you the great game of Out of the Park Baseball 18. Once again, just go to ootpdevelopments.com, click on the order banner, then enter the code SLEEPER18 at checkout for a special discount and to support our show. Guys, I, I'm obsessed with this game. It is so much fun. Um, I played a lot of OOTP17. You guys have heard me talk about my Twitch streams, twitch.tv slash pspore24. I was streaming my 17 franchise over there. I, I, I did a fantasy draft in 1995. I was able to get Ken Griffey Jr., and Pedro Martinez. I don't know what the computer was thinking there, uh, letting letting both of those guys get there. I took Pedro with my first pick, and then and then got Ken Griffey Jr. I haven't started my new eighteen one for um, for streams yet, but I'm going to. And I'm actually just gonna gonna start over. I, I I won the World Series that first year with the with the seventeen team, but I'm gonna start a new one. We'll do the draft at some point soon, so stay tuned for that. But out of the park is is just so much fun. You've heard me talk about. Uh, other baseball video games I like, they're, they're two different experiences. This is the sim, in-depth, management sort of deal, and then the other game is, is playing. So um, I absolutely love this game. One last time, ootpdevelopments.com. Sleeper18 is, is your discount code. Uh, that lets them know that we, that we sent you there, and they give you a little bit of uh, a little bit off the top as well. If you do play the game, let me know. Let me know what you're doing with it. Let me know what, uh, what team you're going with, whether you're starting historically or going from now. Uh, if you do the fantasy draft, hit me up on Twitter, at Spora. I love kind of seeing how people go because it, it doesn't just play out 100% to, to history. Things can change and you can have guys you know you can have a failed prospect that actually pans out for you so i I love seeing that stuff definitely hit me up there um and 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 thanks for supporting the show by by going to ootpdevelopments.com So 489 of the Sleeper in the Bus. It is Sunday, August 20th. I'm your host, Paul Spore, joined by Jason Collette. Jason, how's it going? It's going well, man. Uh, good weekend of uh, being home. Went to the uh, Charlotte Knights game. Oh, I'm sorry, the Charlotte Caballeros. They're going. They're they're doing uh, Hispanic Heritage Weekends, and so they read. They did the uh, uh, Caballeros. Caballeros. Caballeros, uh, and it was pretty awesome. The uniforms are cool, and uh, went to the game last night with uh, Ryan Spader and Kevin Reedy, uh, the guys that co-authored the Incredible Baseball Stats book. Um, if I have it on my Kindle, if you guys haven't uh, read it, check it out. Just it just 
full of did you know this did you know that I mean, a lot of stuff we mentioned it just has a lot of different cool stats in there and it's it's one of these books that uh, i've read or progressively read uh, in all my travels and enjoyed it so it was cool to hang out with those guys and they happen to know cody ashy and we got to hang out with him a little bit after the game and just and talk a lot about hitting and pitching and it was just cool to be able to pick the brain of somebody uh like that you know i, I talk I've brought it up on this podcast about, hey, you know, Madden's used to talk about, Joe would always say you can't cover both halves of the plate. And so we got into a discussion about that last night. Uh, You know, he told me about a a particular plate appearance in a late April game against the Dodgers where he never saw one pitch in the strike zone, but he got two of them called against him and one of them out. And so I pulled up Brooks baseball on my phone and show him the pitch plot. I'm like, you mean this one? He's like, yes, that was it. (laughs) So it was just, it was really cool to just talk a lot of stuff with him. Uh, We were talking a little bit about the importance of the 1-1 pitch and a plate appearance and how it just really flips things around on, on that third pitch. And so it was it was a good time. And then we also, during the game, we sat, uh, DJ Peterson was DHing, but we sat uh, next to his dad and who is, uh, you know, he's got two boys in the game and then he's also done some uh, part-time scouting with the Angels. Uh, we may see him at the Arizona Fall League, uh, but just super nice guy. He was pointing out some things with uh, like Ryan Liriano, uh likes to really point his back foot. You know, you see a lot of guys with their front foot and they'll open it up a little bit. But with him, he does that. But with his back foot, he's almost like he's standing forty-five degrees at the plate. Like his like his back foot is perpend is perpendicular, right? Uh, I'm, you know, my math is skill perpendicular to the back corner of home plate like it's in that same direction almost like it's pointing at the foul line instead of pointing at a dugout right and and so but then then he just absolutely crushed one that nearly left the yard uh later in the game but it's like he, he pointed out it's like he's gonna be uh, Reimer's gonna be expo- anything away if he gets it out it's gonna be all arms because he's already opened up when he's going to swing so he's gonna have to get something this has to be all upper body strength because he's just he's trying to pull the hell out of the ball. And sure enough, I mean, he had a home run right down the line and it was gone as soon as it left the bat. Uh, but it was just really cool to uh, talk to the, talk to a, a guy with major league experience, talk to a guy with scouting experience and, and then talk to Kevin uh, and Ryan who also just, you know, know, know the game from writing about the game uh, and, and communicating it. They had uh, just had been to Cooperstown uh, during the induction. They talked about, uh, you know, he got to go to, uh, they got to go to Tim Raines uh, private ceremony so it was just cool. I mean, I got home last night at 1 o'clock in the morning, and I was like, really? It's that late? I had no idea. Uh, just that kind of good time last night. That's Yeah, it sounds like a great night. Um, yeah, I remember being pretty psyched on Ryan Liriano for a while. He's now 26. In AAA, it's probably not going to happen at a at a, uh, at a substantial level at this point Yeah, I don't for see him. a Nelson Cruz path for him, even though I, that's I, the size he is. But, yeah, that's about uh, – that would be the, the greatest possible case scenario, and he'd have to make a lot of changes to get on there. Right. Uh, Jason, I got a question of the day for you what is bradley zimmer's august batting average? um i happen to know this just because i looked yesterday um it's slightly higher than mine but not much uh it has got <laughs> uh, I, i'm looking at it now to confirm he is four for 46 this month after now, after I- today I was going to say, does that count today's knock? You got to give him some love. It does count today's knock. That's today's knock. So that is a that is an eighty seven batting average for those of you guys who are not good at math at home. Four for forty six with twenty strikeouts. That is brutal. And you know he'd been such a nice contributor from a power speed standpoint. Bradley Zimmer had to the point now where it's like, 
Well, here's the tough part as far as I'm concerned, right? If you made it this far, do you now give him up and say and cut him and say, okay, fine, I'm going to move on? Or do you push through now that it, you know you got three hits this weekend, which he had one coming into Friday, uh, and he got the other three this this weekend, two Friday and I think one today. Um, or do you just do you just hang on to Bradley Zimmer now in hopes that he's pulling out of it, or do you do you move forward? I move on. I mean, when you look at that four for forty six, it's all singles. I mean, there's that's it. He's getting devastated. I mean, and, and but there was a number the other day that said is like he they're looking at straight sprint speed. And he has the third. He's tied for third in the league. I think it was Gordon Hamilton or Buxton. He's tied somebody. I mean, and you and I have stood next to this dude. He is legit big. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he. They say he's six four on paper. Uh, I was looking up at him. You're, you've got an inch on me, and I swear he was taller than you too. If I'd have ever filled out, I could have been Bradley Zimmer. Yeah, if you ever could. Um, but no. Yeah, and then you know, uh, uh, Brad Miller's uh, just ahead of uh, of Zimmer, hitting 132 this month. I, I, I could go all day. That's the how Brad Miller has gone from a 30 home run guy to just completely lost at the plate this so year. Is I got to ask that in my chat, and I I kind of chalked it up to the injuries. Is there something more? No, I mean, that was early on. Playing time. He's not it hurt really, now. <laughs> no, I know that, but like. I don't know, disjointed playing time. He's, he strikes me as somebody who's going to be a dollar player next year and hit 27 homers. Uh, he's You've got to go. I mean, he's done it before. He could do it again. I mean, defensively, it's it's problematic. But he just looks so overmatched at the plate. And they're giving him play. And maybe it's because, you know, they send Beckham away and Beckham does so. He's doing great with Baltimore. Oh and then you goodness, just, like, look at amazing. that spotlight. You know, look at Miller. You're like, and you kept Miller because... You know, the defense has always been a problem with him. That's why he's ever really, truly found a defensive home. He gets mad that he Beckham's wasn't going to play defense, shortstop. He's terrible. Beckham's defense uh, is good. Uh, Beckham's defense was better this okay. year. Sometimes he would boot the uh, the routine play and then make the spectacular play. But I'd take Beckham's defense over Miller about 27 days a week. Okay, okay. Uh, yeah, I, I, I wasn't sure. I always had a negative perception of Beckham defensively. But he's getting so much playing time this year. And so much of it at short with Baltimore. I know that that's out of need, but also 70 mm-hmm. games in Tampa Bay that I figured he had to have improved uh, somewhat there. So, Jason, we're going to do a little bit different than our normal Saturday show. I was on babysitting duty early yesterday, so my, my day was booked from about 10 a.m. on. My first overnight babysitting went off without a hitch. I got rave reviews. No big deal. I'm an elite babysitter. Don't worry about it. Niece is still chill. alive. That's great. Niece is still alive. Super happy. Had a great, you know, got to sit there and watch her tell her, my my sister and brother-in-law, all the great things that we did. So I feel like I did a good job. I'm pleased, but we're not going to have our normal pickups. So what we're going to really focus on is a few different offensive players that we're just, we both contributed to here. And then on the two start, we're going to talk the the start sit instead of pick up. Obviously, if you can still pick up and we mentioned somebody that uh, that we're saying yes on, then obviously go ahead and get them. But for the most part, this is going to be for those of you that already have these guys and we're kind of focused on start sit. So let's talk about a few offensive players. And uh, I I still had to do the the roto write up yesterday. And I'm going to I'm just peel the curtain back and admit that I didn't do what I normally do, which is go through every single box score and kind of find little tidbits to write about and, and then pick the best ones. So I didn't look at the Toronto uh, box score yesterday. And, and someone in the comments said, this is the second game in a row that uh, Josh Donaldson's played second shortstop. How come nobody's mentioning it? And I was like, dang it, I missed that. And then today, he started there. Now, they've dealt with so many injuries. The fact that they're even 59 and 65 
is almost a, a, a boon for, for the Blue Jays because of how much uh, injury trouble they've had this year. And every team goes through injuries, so they're not, you know, I'm not crying for them and, you know, they wouldn't be crying for themselves. Every team goes through it, but they, they've been truly decimated. And I'm not sure that they were that good to begin with. But it's, it's putting uh, guys in situations like this where Donaldson's playing some short. Jose Bautista started at third. If Josh Donaldson somehow played 20 games at shortstop, what do you think that would do to his fantasy value for next year? Uh, I'm still not going to draft him in the second round again like I did uh, in, in just about every league I did. You're not year. heartened by the fact that now that he's healthy, he's, he's back to full Josh Donaldson? Or are you just worried about future injuries again? I'm worried about future. Once you start, once you've started breaking down, it's not like you just get healthier. That's true, and he's going to be 32. So, he hasn't been around maybe as long as folks would think. You know, we're not, we're not de- a decade into his career, but he was a late bloomer. He didn't get going until 26, so he's going to be 32 next year. Josh Donaldson is. So I think that's a fair point. Once you start yeah. to uh, have the injuries, they compile up. Yeah, and there was, and there was a reason why he was. I mean, people. I grabbed him in the second round this year because I took the chance. It, it, there were some issues in spring. I was like, oh, he'll get through them. Well, he didn't. Um, and if he's fully healthy, clean bill of health, I would probably consider going late fourth. And would the would would theoretical shortstop eligibility boost him up to the top of the fourth or third? Or is that... Yeah, I'm always going to give an extra. Well, not not the third. I mean, take him. I'm still going to take him in the top three rounds. I think there's enough. I think there's enough guys that, around mm-hmm. um, that I can avoid taking that shot. But you know, I would say like, yeah, in tout wars, we only need 15 games. If he gets us 15, AL tout, he's probably in the upper 20s next yeah, year. Yeah, I would think so. I would as think so. As an OBP that, league, as an OBP league too. That could be really interesting. Now, on a 10 game situation, um, this is something that's been kind of being monitored throughout the year but uh anthony rizzo has second base now for, uh, 10 games certain leagues obviously the 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 norm is 20 and you said top mm-hmm. wars 15 and he has no starts there so some leagues also require some starts but the leagues that just say you have to have 10 games played at second base what is that doing uh on the positive end for anthony rizzo's value for sec- with with the second base eligibility it helps a little bit. I mean, I know you and Jeff were talking on Thursday about the how first base looked like a wasteland this year going into draft day, but it has really blossomed uh, yeah. and, and added that depth. So it's like he going into the season, we were like, wow, he's got so much. You know, he's going to be so much better than everybody else. And he's still good, but there's a lot of depth at that position. But being able to flip him around and move him around uh, in an only league is puts him up a little bit more and that's what I like the lineup the, the situation and everything with him it's going to be nice uh, for him and I would say he's another upper 20s player uh, in the in the NL NL only tellers right now he's earned $25 this year uh, with current and that's a 12 team mix and the NL it's obviously going to be a little bit more um, but you don't have to worry about the health with him either. Yeah, that's the thing. Anthony Rizzo has has been really sturdy. 160, 140, 160, 155, and already 120 this year with a month and a half left. And if he gets that batting average back up, he's been great lately. Uh, look, some some batting average struggles early in the season, but he's up to 271. If he finishes maybe he's got eight steals too. That, that, I mean, that's him at the first baseman. <laughs> that's one of the things that's key, but I also think can sometimes get overrated with him because after the 17. In 2015 for Rizzo, everyone was hyped on that speed, and then he only goes three for eight. And then this year, he's eight for 11. With with the first baseman, I think outside of – I think one a generation kind of sets themselves up, 
Pujols was a guy who you could actually count on for, for some decent stolen bases in comparison to what he was doing power-wise. Uh, now, Goldschmidt, I think, is that guy uh, of this generation. But then the, there's not usually more than one first baseman that you can really rely on uh, speed-wise. What do you project Rizzo at stolen base-wise going into next year? Do you just say – Okay, I was going to say eight, seven, eight, and uh, anything you get more is 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 just bonus, right? Right. I mean, this year okay. you got Goldschmidt with a sixteen, you've got Myers with his fourteen. Uh, you know, Desmond was doing first base slash outfield, but he had ten. Bellinger's got nine. Travis Shaw's playing both sides of the corner. He has nine. Rizzo's got eight. Freeman's got seven. Hosmer has six. Gallo's got first base eligibility and has got six. Hell, even Chase Headley has six stolen bases. That that's a lot of stolen bases for first base this year. That really is. That's an interesting. I did not think you were going to run that deep with guys getting six plus there. Carlos Santana's got five. I want Marvin Gonzalez has five. Eighty-eight-year-old Chase Utley has five. I wonder what that's going to do to their values next year, where they might get overrated a little bit because of. I, I just feel like first baseman stolen bases specifically, honestly. Most stolen bases are just not reliable year to year, unless you're talking about the top of the scale speed guys whose game is is predicated on stealing. Right. Um, everybody else, you, you see how they vacillate. You know, we know the the extreme example, Manny Machado going from twenty to zero. Zero. Um, and then he's got you know he's got a few this year. I don't know how many he's got. And same manager, and that's the thing. That's that's the strange. It, usually, it's it's a mat. You, you get a new manager. Maybe guys mm-hmm. got let foot. But no, same manager went from twenty to zero. Um, you know, and then I'm looking at these numbers and, and realizing that Goldsmith's got a really good chance to be 30, 100, and 100 before September 1st. That's killer. That is... He's at 29 homers, 96 runs driven in, 92 scored, 16 steals. I mean, he could, with a good week, be 30, 100, 120. That would be before something. Before September 1st. It's, it's insane. So... I mean, we don't really focus on this from a fantasy standpoint, but just since you mentioned him, Paul Goldschmidt, is he your NL MVP right now? Yep. I think he's got to be. I really do. The Bryce injury, Bryce Harper injury uh, certainly opened the door. Not that I'm saying that Goldschmidt wouldn't have had every bit the case, uh, even if Harper stays healthy, but, I mean, it really kind of clears the path there. Um, you know, you look at the Dodgers and how great they've been, but but who's the MVP contender there? Is it Bellinger? I mean, is is, is he is he really putting up MVP numbers? I, I guess I mean his triple slash is sexy, two seventy four, three fifty six, six twelve. He's got a one forty seven OPS plus, thirty four homers, seventy runs, seventy nine ribs, nine stolen bases. As you mentioned, nine for eleven. So yeah, that's pretty that's pretty great. But I, I think Goldie gets it uh, right now. He has to. I mean, the numbers are just ridiculous. They really are. When you look at what he's going to be able to put up at the end of the year. I know it's not his fault that his, you know, that everything else around him wasn't as good, and then you've also got a fact you've got to factor in Blackman to the equation there, who already had 114 score, 114 runs scored. Um, but man, it's it's going to be tough. There's not going to be. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know how you do it. I don't know how you do it unanimously because it is. There's so much that's there, um, and and we see. When, when it's open like this, we see the last month being a really big deal. And and guys can really kind of change their fates. And it's not that the early part of the season doesn't count, but if everyone's kind of created their foundation now, and then you have a month and a half sprint here uh, where, you know, uh, narrative and, and you know, numbers too, but the numbers around that narrative can kind of take over. Uh, I just hope somebody doesn't, uh, you know, 
unduly get the MVP award. I never really get too bent on awards unless they're super egregious. I don't think we've had too many super egregious ones uh, in recent history. I think they've gotten a lot better, but uh, we'll talk about that down the line. I want to talk about a few other guys here. Reese Hoskins. We see you, Reese Hoskins. We said it. We said pick him up. see you, dog. Last week? Four homers. Yes. Only hit no, 212. Five today. I don't care. He got number five today. No, so he's got five in 11 games, and he's only hit 212 or whatever he added to today. But he has a 381 on base and a 576 slug. So right now, his base hits aren't falling in, but the power's there. The patience is there. Eight, eight walks to five strikeouts. Reese Hoskins, he's been beast Hoskins. Now, I am curious. We're talking about a 24-year-old. He wasn't a major prospect. This was a, really his first prospect year. He kind of forced his way on there and said, listen, I'm a prospect. Watch. Um, what is your outlook on Reese Hoskins? We know the rest of the way we're picking him up as a power source, but what about next year? You know what I liked. What I liked about him uh, this year was the was the year to year growth. I mean, you want to see? We knew we we talked a little bit about this last week that you know two years ago when he had his numbers, he was a power of Reading. It's a great offensive environment. Well, mm-hmm. then he goes to Lehigh Valley this year and duplicated it and improved his his contact rate. So that's that's the kind of growth you like to see out of somebody. Uh, you know, when you when we go back and look at when we go back and look at first base, we talked about how deep it is this year. Just when you looked at the eligibility, there's so many guys out there. So uh, I don't want to get caught into that game where he, shiny new toy. Let's go out and grab him. He's gonna be. Mm-hmm. People are gonna pay because he had this really closed out strong in the second half of the season. But there's a. I mean, what do you? What's a legit number you think he can put up next year? I mean, 255, 35 homers? All right, that's almost what Encarnacion's doing this year. 252, 28, and 72, yeah. and that's worth 18 bucks in and a I might, team mixed league. I might be selling him short on the batting average, just kind of protecting um, you know, for when the league actually gets a full book on him. But he hit 287 in the minors, and like you said, the big improvement in contact this year. 50 fewer strikeouts in just 20 fewer games, from 175, or 125 to 75, again, you know, 112 fewer plate appearances if you want to go by that. Uh, but even still, that's still a major improvement that we're seeing out of Reese Hoskins. I think he's somebody that, uh, you know, I, I've really come around on this year. Coming into the year, I was just kind of like, I don't know, you know, with the power he had last year, he didn't get a look. Uh, as a 23-year-old, he could have skipped AAA and at least gotten something. Right. They waited for a long time to call him up. I was like, maybe they don't believe in him. Is this Darren Ruff 2.0? But as the summer went on, and I, I kind of learned more and more about what Reese Hoskins was doing and the season he was putting up. I was like, okay, I think this is different. I think this is better than Darren Ruff. So I'm not uh, I'm not as concerned as I was when somebody like Ruff came up and, and showed himself to be a weak side of the platoon bat at best and, and really sold out for power, nothing else. Reese Hoskins, I think, has has some legitimate juice. So I'm kind of eager to see how he finishes out the season and what happens next year. Jason, I'm also really eager to see how this next guy finishes out the season. Aaron Judge. We have to talk about him. Um, he's now at 169. Nice. 329, 355 with seven homers, 37% strikeout rate. Speaking of, 37 games in a row. Uh, shouts to in this league. 37 games in a row with at least one strikeout. Yeah, he, he broke the record of pitcher Bill Stoneman. Pitcher. And I you know, I, I do believe we, we talked about this. A few weeks ago, like coming out of the break, how many games he had he had struck out in consecutively, or maybe I talked about it on the In the Sleep podcast. Uh, either one, I know I know this is something we've discussed. I'm having this deja vu moment, um, but with him, 
uh, when uh, the the night I got together with a bunch of the Gotham League guys, and um, Ian and I were watching the game at Foley's, we talked about Head is watching, and he and his bat can't catch up to the slider because he's already out and he's running out of bat as he's swinging. And, and the at bats that I've seen, he's still crushing the mistakes. If you miss your spot in, he's gonna kill it. But there's a lot of swing and miss, and they're coming in and going down on him, and going coming in and going down. As long as that plan is getting executed, uh, he's playing into their hands. Uh, but again, he's he'll walk. Uh, you know, he's he's accepting his walk, so he's still walking. He's still getting on base. He's not killing you in an OBP league, but all that power that just really helped drive you in the first half, uh, it, it just hasn't been there uh, in the second half. Um, well, because he gets like one shot yeah. a game, right? I mean, you're just not see, you're not seeing multi hit games at all. He has two multi hit games. Aaron Judge does since the All Star break. Now, I don't know what to project for the for the remainder of the season, the last like month and a half or so. Let's say it gets a little bit better than this, but the the bottom line ends up being like two seventy five, three eighty eight, you know five five sixty. With uh, forty nine homers, he, he falls shy yeah. of fifty. Where, where where are you going with Judge next year? I don't know. In a fifteen team mix, I don't think he makes it out of the first round. It won't be to my team. I'm just not going to do. Won't it. be on my team either. Won't be on my team either. Um, but I I don't know how he makes it out because if we think about the overall numbers, are still going to look great. Uh, if we think about the overall, it's still going to be amazing. And then we, I mean, we did this. Giancarlo Stanton was fifth overall pick in leagues two years ago, mm-hmm. and he had his he had his issues too. People were still taking him. He was a, a cinch top ten. He was going five, and he then he would get hurt. But even when he wasn't hurt, he not like he was a monster uh, for the whole time. Either. This is so, his best. This is Stanton's best year, and he's been in the league for eight years, right? And I, I think yeah. a lot of people were surprised this year when he hit forty, and then you'd hear the 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 stat or see the scroll where it's his first time over 40 i had multiple people marvel at that to me and say that that's the first time you hit 40 and my dad who's an al only guy the only league he plays in uh he was one of them you know he kind of has a cursory uh knowledge of what's going on in the nl and he couldn't believe it he knows obviously giancarlo stanton and all that but he's like that's the first time over 40 two other guys uh, on twitter had reached out to me and, and were marveling at it so i mean this is his best year he's a lockdown first rounder too isn't he giancarlo stanton it is. I mean, so if you look right now, if you look at 12-team mixed dollar values, I'm just I'm reading right down the this, this screen. Blackman, Goldschmidt, Sale, Altuve, Stanton, Scherzer, Votto, Harper, Kershaw, Arenado. There's Judge at 11, Kluber at 12, Nelson Cruz at 13, Ryan Zimmerman at 14, Springer at 15. So we can stop there, right? Nobody's taking Ryan Zimmerman in the first round. Nobody's taking Nelson Cruz in the, second, in the first round. Um and that's kind of it, right? So the rest of those guys, you could see somebody doing it. I think next year, given the way pitching has gone this year, I was just about to ask you. All, you well, could how, see three, how many of those pitchers? You could see all four of them go in the first round. Maybe and who Kluber, are they again? Uh, it would be Sale, uh, Sale, Kershaw, Scherzer, uh, Kershaw, and Kluber, and Scherzer. Okay, all four of those are first round picks. The way pitching has been this year, I mean, that's two sixty two, two twenty five, two hundred four, two sixty seven ERAs. When the league-wide ERA is, you know, right now, uh, it's like upper threes. And that's all much that's much further ahead. But that's those four pitches. But So we could take two of those guys out uh, in the first round, and both of those guys were behind Judge anyhow. So, there, But there's nobody in front of Judge. 
So in a 12-team mixed league, he's probably still sneaks in there because there's going to be guys that I don't take pitches in the first round. Rah, 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 rah. Sure. So all right. So he's. I don't know how he's not a first rounder next year. I think that's fair. Like I said, it's not going to be me. I'm going to be going elsewhere. Uh, but I do think Aaron Judge is going to be in a ton of first rounds. Now, let's go the other way, though. Let's say that this second half continues at virtually this pace, and he ends up with a sub-200 batting average. Now, you're going to pile on another – I keep saying a month and a half. It's a, you know, a month and, and, and two weeks or 11 days, whatever you want to say. What if, what if that case happens, though? What, what if he ends up hitting – 42 homers so he only hits like five more and the batting average is down at you know 270 by the end of the year again the, the triple slash is still going to look good the whole the whole the whole, the total numbers are still going to look good but knowing that he goes under 200 for the second half would that change how you feel the rest of, like i said we already know that you and i aren't necessarily jumping on him for the first round but do you think other folks would start to distance themselves from aaron judge as a first rounder or would he still go in a ton of first rounds I think that more people would if he finishes the season sub 270. I mean, right now he's 285. So if he if he drops another 15 points in average and and doesn't get like Stanton's at 44 right now, and if Judge doesn't get there by season's end, I mean this would be an epic collapse. I don't know how it, I don't know how it doesn't happen. Him eclipsing 50 now. What it feels like an improbability, it's it could ch- be a weak hot streak. It's and, a challenge. And he's I, right I, back there. I think he has one more flourish in him. I, I do. I think Judge does. So I'm, I'm, I'd like to see Judge pull out of this because like this said, is all snowballing. Bets, all bets are off in September when, when the rosters expand and guys that uh, have never pitched on a major league yep. mound all of a sudden they're pitching. All bets are off. Especially, you know, the bottom feeders that they play. I don't know who the Yankees are playing, but the teams that – you know, maybe don't have oh, as much Tampa to Bay. go they for. They got some more game bottom feeders. What, uh, Toronto, you know, they're fifty nine sixty four, and they, they're, their pitching's been a nightmare already. Baltimore's pitching is not very good. A lot of divisional play in September, so they will be playing those teams. We'll see, but I, I would put money on another Judge flourish before the year's out. Yeah, uh, let's talk about a couple uh, Minnesota Twins. Now, Miguel Sano just hit the DL, which is a bummer because he'd been dominating the, the homers he hit yesterday. My God, um, just watching this guy is really. Really exciting. Um, the one he hit, like, <laughs> it said something like 440, I think. I don't know. It looked like it was 912. Nine I, I, my official <laughs> stat cast said 440 or something. I'm saying 912. That was my eye. Stack, did you see the one Nelson Cruz hit on Friday night? No, I did not. 482 in Tropicana, longest oh home run in, in park history. It was a Brad Boxberger, you know, middle third flat fastball that just got <laughs> – destroyed i mean i had like vinny castilla way way back in the day hit one up there and hit the catwalk and i nice think it was four man. i think it was 469 when he hit that one but this thing was an epic missile it, it looked like it looked like a home run derby it looked like a home run derby pitch and a home run derby result it was just an epic missile because i always have to mention that nelson cruz because i love him so much he's so great too um now sano had shin soreness where he left uh, Saturday's game, ended up having to go on the DL. Now I got a little 10-dayer. Not sure how long it's going to go beyond that. For the sake of what we're going to be talking about here, which is the future for Sonoma, let's assume he comes back 10, 15 days, ends up kind of keeping on the pace that he's on. He has an 870 OPS, 28 homers, 77 ribs, 75 runs. Where's Miguel Sano next year? He's only going to be 25. The power we've known about, but hitting 267 
that's pretty good despite leading baseball with 170 strikeouts. We talk about what Aaron Judge is doing strikeout-wise. Miguel Sano is right there, so he has that same sort of uh, liability and, and concern for batting average, but 267 because when he hits it, he crushes it so much. I still worry about a guy like this because of the batting average, but at some point, even with power being plentiful, you can't ignore the fact that this guy can can kind of hit 40 in his sleep, I think. Miguel Sano next year, how are you feeling about him? Uh, aggressive. I mean, you look at him this year, and he look, he he's lining up a very, very well within Carnacion this year. So they are nine plate appearances apart, 416 to 425. Batting average, Sano, Sano 267, and Carnacion's 252. And let's not forget, he was hitting like 052 in April. Um, both have 28 homers. Sano's got a five RBI lead, 77-72. Sano has a three run run lead, 75 to 72. And then uh, Edwin's got two steals. Sano's never going to steal a base. Uh, so that's lining up really well. But if I were to tell you, you know, next year where you're going to go in the draft, I it would probably be 60-40 in Carnacion versus Sano because you've got track record. Yet again, if you've had Edwin, you know that Aprils are problematic. But the rest of the year, he he gets on his thing and does what he does. But he had such a bad April no this doubt. year; those numbers just don't look as strong as they normally do. Uh, but those guys are lining up close I, with with Sano. You know. In an AL only format, I'm paying 25 bucks for that next year, uh, and, and and enjoying it because I think again I do think he's a guy that could hit 40 next year. Teammate Byron Buxton doing his thing that he does every year where he has a good month near the end of the season and tricks people to falling back in love with him. Now he's 23 years old, and you know I got my little thing with 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 Chris Liss overrating the hell out of him. Little thing, and, uh, yeah, li- little li- thing. the little thing that we have there. I mean, <laughs> listen. It's not even like an opinion thing. I'm de- I'm just definitely right about how overrated this guy is and how I feel like you need to lower his ceiling based on what we've seen. 823 plate appearances of 229, 289, 384. The fact that he strikes out too much, I just don't think you can in any way, shape, or form have him at the same sort of ceiling that we did when he was the, the, the number one overall prospect a couple years in a row. And I just... You don't fix that kind of swing and miss. Like that kind of swing and miss is here to stay. Maybe not at a twenty-nine uh, or twenty-nine percent clip or higher for Buxton, but I think the best seasons are going to be twenty-six, twenty-seven, and that's right. going to put you in batting average danger. But he is hitting very well of late. Um, you know, he was a single away from a cycle and actually just missed it too. I was watching that game. That was the one when Snow hit that monster shot. Uh, you know, he's playing great. Let's assume that he has a solid, like he cools down, but let's assume he has a solid uh, September, which he did last year. He had a great September last year. That's what really duped people uh, into jumping on board. But this year in 18, or this month in 18 games for August, 339, 385, 593 with three homers, five stolen bases for Buxton. Again, stays on a relatively strong pace the rest of the way. Where, where, Where do you value Byron Buxton next year? Uh, I disagree with you. I'm actually pretty high on him. Uh, You're allowed to be wrong. You you can only be right so often. I know. I'm allowed to be wrong every now and then. Uh, So one of the things that I like to see is is improvement. We talked about it earlier with Hoskins. And with with Buxton, you're seeing it this year. So, you know, if you go to his player page, go pull up his game-by-game and go look at his contact graph and do a a 15-game rolling average, and you're seeing it get better 
throughout the season. If you go up, you can do 2015 through this year. You can focus in on this year. And, you know, he's played just over 100 games. And over the last 50, he's been above league average contact, whereas he was well below it before that and well below it for most of his career before uh, before that but he's been making his improvements and the other night on Friday night or Saturday morning rather in my Twitter timeline I posted an animation uh, in a particular bat it was honestly the most impressive thing I saw on Friday night uh, I was tuning in watching that game Zach Godley was just shoving uh, his curveball was just putting dudes away he gets Eduardo Escobar, throws him on, throws him a curve right in the bottom half of the zone. Escobar swings right over the top of it. Uh, tenth strikeout. Buxton comes to the plate, and we we've talked about the importance of the the pitcher's job is to get the two strikes in the plate appearance before the third by the third pitch, right? So if you there's a huge swing, like a hundred plus points uh, in in batting average just from in a one two count versus a two one count. So here is here's a one one count. Godly throws one of his ungodly curveballs, and Buxton takes it. He looks at it and says, nope, not going to swing at it. Now, I you know, we've watched Buxton a bunch, and, and, and old Buxton would have chased that pitch, swung over the top of it, uh, and but this one, he let it go. I mean, he was clearly seeing Godly well because he had tripled off the wall. He had the, the insanely fast inside the park home run, and then in this plate appearance, he doubled. So that was his first three plate appearances. But the fact that I mean, that was that was a special curve, and he just saw it and was like, eh. But you know, he's doing a couple of things. You go back and watch him in April, it, it, or just imagine a, a, a typical Buxton at bat. And there's a leg kick. Well, he's gotten rid of his leg kick. He's staying back and trying to hit things up the middle. And you saw it in that game. There was the triple. There was the inside the park on run. Both of them were the dead center. Dead center. He doubled down the line for uh, against Godley, and it, because he threw him that curveball again, but it was a little higher. And this time he got out around in front of it and hit it right down the line over a diving Jake Lamb uh, to that point. But it's so he's making some of these changes at the plate, and that contact rate is improving. Now the next thing is going to be power because right now, sure, he's hitting for contact. Like if we look at Ju- from July first on. His WRC plus is 158, and and his triple slash is 356, 410, 567. Now we have that's not even 100 plate appearances, so it's a small, but he's getting it done in the contact. But we we've got to see more power and the, the triple and whatever ball didn't leave the yard, and he only has eight home runs this year, and and he is running more. Um, but if he's not gonna if he's gonna be at that batting average risk, then he's got to steal more bases uh, and hit for some more power, and that's that's why. I think that's next because he's still not even 24 mm-hmm. years old. But as you mentioned, he's about 850 plate appearances before his 24th That's the positive. Birthday. And I think there's some value in there. But he was going full freight this year. I mean, he went $21 to Nando in AL, in AL only. He was a 10th round pick in the uh, in the mixed draft. So it wasn't like he was at, at, a, at a discount this year either. People were like, this is going to be the year. Because that's September. Be and if you cut bait on him, yeah. And it happened. So, but I think... This year, that September is happening now. It's been happening since no July one, and and so then I think I think he's going to be a twenty dollar player next year in AL formats. He's going to be like a fifteen, fifteen, seventeen in the mixed leagues if he keeps this track. Well, y'all have fun um, with that. What we what we've seen this, but yeah, it, it, there's a risk there. And if he do, if the power doesn't come along, he's got to he's got to run a lot and and maintain the average to earn that seventeen bucks because. There's a lot of power in the outfield this, uh, these days, and uh, he's he's not that source. No, he's, he's definitely not. But, um, you know, I got to admit, Buxton's playing very well right now. I, I continue to be intrigued by him. I'll continue to watch 
see what he does. I'm not too worried about the the bet was like top fifty hitter from May first on. I <laughs> I'm not losing any. I still think you're that. good. Yeah, I'm, but <laughs> but he I was like I said after watching the at bat. Lat, uh, that Friday night, I wanted to dig more into it. He was actually the, the well, uh, topic of my Rotowire article. And, uh, and one of the things about him, in terms of you know concern for that for that bet, is that um, his game is dynamic enough to, to 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 still make a push. Like if he goes out of his mind in uh, in in September, I, I I could see myself sweating on that. Mm-hmm. But as it stands right now. I'm not really sweating. So, uh, all right, let's finish up with some starter sit on two star guys. And we'll go shallow, medium, deep. So, shallow leagues Danny Duffy, Colorado at home, and then at Cleveland. Uh, strikeouts are back a bit, but nothing else really is. And it's been an interesting year for Danny Duffy. I, he was somebody I bought in on after last year. I was excited. Yeah. You know, he's not been bad at 382. In fact, that's only uh, 31 points higher than last year, so it's it's not like he's markedly different. But the strikeouts are, are down uh, on the season, up lately, down on the season for Danny Duffy. You starting him this week? Yeah, I'm just going to leave him in there. I mean, I, this is where I kind of get picky where, you know, uh, maybe matchups, I'm going to let him go, and then he has a good game. Uh, I'm going to leave him in there, but I'm not terribly excited about doing it. Yeah, I, I def. I default to to starting guys like this, and then and then kind of alter from there. I just have a tough time of guys that are so talented like this trying to pick off when they're going to have struggles. Yeah. Uh, unless there's an obvious split, a home road, a left right, or something like that for a guy, you know that that showing that he can be so good as Duffy has in the past, I tend to uh, say I'm going to start him and, and and go from there. What about Charlie Morton in a ten teamer? Has Washington at home, and then the Angels in, in L.A. Man, that's that's tough because that's not like it's a, you know, the Angels lineup is is doing things. So it's not like this is a, it's not like this is a pushover. And yeah, and the Nationals, you know, the Nationals lineup, uh, even even not a hundred percent, is still getting some results done. That's a tough one. I'd rather I'd rather start, uh, I'd rather start Duffy over Morton, even though Morton could. You know, normally he's he's there for the strikeouts. But yeah, the Astros' offense is struggling. It's not like these Astros just roll out there and get the run support that they were getting and fall into those wins. I mean, Peacock took a tough loss today. Uh, yeah, the, that type of thing. That offense has just been sputtering since they didn't make. You know, there was this, some talk that they were going to do some stuff. The trade deadline, they really didn't do anything. The players said some stuff about it, and they've had a pretty bad August. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the runs just have not been coming. I mean, they were never going to keep scoring seven runs a game like they were when they were on the road in that insane time in July. But damn, I mean, sure. they got shut out again today. Uh, last of the I think they lost three nothing, and Gerald Cotton finally got a win. Um, but the the offense just is not producing as it was at the earlier level, and that's why it's the, these Astros pitchers aren't just automatic starts. Uh, I did like what I saw from Keuchel the other night, though, when I watched him pitch on Friday as well. Um, I was surfing around and, and watched him, and I liked velocity was better, and, and he was handling the A's uh, rather well, so I liked that. But you know, my boy Fires is back to giving up home runs left and right, and that sucks, even though one of them was uh, inside the park the other day, uh, to Daniel Descalzo, who, by the way, gives up an inside-the-park home run and pitches in the same week. How many guys can say they've done that, right? That's... <laughs> You mean gets in inside the yes. park home run and he hit one. And then he that's that is, today. that's crazy. That's crazy. Descalso uh, has, I think he's pitched a couple yes. different times this year, yeah. right, for the Diamondbacks. And this is a weird thing. This is one of those things that, like, 
probably built it up and then I just remember it because I'm looking at his bottom line numbers. Uh, he only has a 726 OPS, Descalso does. But I feel like anytime I see him when I'm watching a D-backs game, he does something. And the fact that he has 14 doubles, three triples, seven homers, and two stolen bases, I'm seeing a lot yeah. of that production, I guess. Because I feel like this guy's contributing and having like, and, and they're like clutch plays too. It's like, you know, two run double in the eighth inning or something. And it's just one of those weird things where you don't watch a team every day, but but you start to remember these random, you know, bench players. That's basically, you know, Discalso is a utility mm-hmm. player on both sides of the ball, apparently. So, um, so Morton, you said, is a is a no? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm leaning, I'm, I'm saying no. Okay. What about Jamison Tyone? Um, he's struggled a bit. He came off the DL really strong. And now he's falling back a bit. Dodgers at home and then at Cincy. By the way, Cincy, quietly solid offense. They're 53 and 71, but they'll put some numbers up on you. Yeah, that's kind of, that's where I was leaning at. And I'm, I want to say, I want to go no, because uh, that offense has been clicking. I was trying, their second half, they're a top, they're a top uh, half offense I in the second it. half by weighted on base average. Uh, they were at 337, and the Dodgers are seventh. So we're talking the seventh and eleventh best offenses. By and that's overall, right? That's in the second half. Well, uh, no, I meant overall versus righties and lefties in the second yes. half. Yes. I bet they're even better against righties because the Reds have um, a lot of good lefties. Let's see, pulling up against righties, and we are at tenth. So they do Boom. move up a little bit, and eight, eight percentage points, and, and the Dodgers move up to fifth. Uh, yeah, no, I, I'm going to pass on Tyon. Because those are not he doesn't have an easy he doesn't have an easy matchup. No, he, he really doesn't and, and like I said, it's it's been up and down. Now I am looking, um, you know, his last start out against uh, St. Louis was five innings, seven hits, four runs, seven strikeouts. That's not that's not so bad. And it and there'd been two good ones before that. The ones that were sticking in my brain were actually one against the aforementioned Reds, three and two thirds, eleven hits, eight runs, and then one at the Giants, three innings, nine hits, ten runs, nine of them earned. So those two were sticking in my brain a little bit. And then the last three have been all right for Tyone. So I I definitely think he's a borderline case. But like you said, no easy matchup. And usually in a two start, you want that one matchup that you feel good about. Now the one thing I I do have a little, uh, you know, favor for is is at least the Dodgers are at home. So if you have to start him, if it's one of those situations where you just don't have choices, I don't think you're you're dead in the water. I'm just saying in a ten teamer, which is what we're focused on here for shallow, I would try to avoid starting Tyone um, and maybe maybe start this guy over him, Taiwan Walker at the Mets, home to San Francisco. Now he's been he's been wonky of late, but now he does have two good matchups. So how do you balance a Taiwan Walker against a Jamison Tyone? This one I do take because the matchups are in his favor. Even though the Giants uh, will surprisingly put a hurting on you, too. I just uh, mentioned they, been... they beat up Tyone in one of those. <laughs> they've been doing some stuff. I mean, they really put a smack the other night. when uh, On Friday night, Toutworth Daily, I had built my lineup around Scherzer. You know, son of a gun. Goes down with a neck strain uh, an hour before the game. So I have a choice of four pitchers uh, at that point to replace him with. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not picking Matt Moore and Matt Moore won. Uh, but I took the Phillies, Zach Eflin, I think, whatever. It was like all four options were terrible. And I went, I'm going to go against the Giants. Oops. Uh, yeah, he got creamed. And uh, so that's where I look at, uh, you know, they're, they're not a sleeper, but the Mets team, you know, they, you know, they just lost, they've lost Jay Bruce. They've lost Lucas Duda. Yeah. They just, so I mean, a lot of that thump has, has gone away. Uh, so, you know, you can look at the numbers and say, oh, this is what they're doing. But a lot of the guys that help put those numbers together are gone. 
Mm-hmm. I know a lot of people are desperately wondering who I'm going to root for in the playoffs since the Tigers aren't going to be there. You better believe it's going to be the Dodgers. <laughs> Sorry, I know I have to go for the favorite, but that's just where Curtis Granderson went, and that's that's the decision maker. I, I'm up in the air when the Tigers don't make it. I'll, I'll just pick a team to latch on to, uh, look for a reason. This was the easy yeah. reason. So, yes, I'm going for the chalk. It's lame, but I don't care. I want Granderson to hit, like, 50 playoff that homers. Yeah, okay, fine. let's move on to the medium right now, which is, again, more like a 12-team sort of deal. Um, that, that's the primary focus here. Tanner Roark goes to the, the the Astros, who you mentioned aren't as studly as they've been lately. All the injuries are piling up. And then home to the Mets. How do you feel about Tanner Roark? Yes. Yes, I want to start. Uh, I want to start it because, again, Astros aren't doing what they were doing. Mets are – those are two nice matchups. I will go with Tanner Roark this week. I will go with Tanner Roark as well. Eduardo Rodriguez, this is a little tough, at Cleveland, home to Baltimore. Oh, uh, man, which guy's going to show up? That's exactly which guy is going to show up. Uh, has has Baltimore wasted him yet this year? Because I feel like they I waste him like once a year. Did, just... I feel like they did waste him this year. Um, okay. That I'm here's why I'm going to go. No, I mean you look at we're just focus on second half numbers. You look at uh, second half numbers against lefties. Uh, Baltimore is wasting guys. They are the fourth best team against lefties at a 375 weighted on base average. Cleveland is there in the top half. Um, that's two matchups against top half with one of them being really strong and, and Baltimore's offense is, is just doing well um, these days. And they might have put him on the DL June 1st, seven earned, five and that's two-thirds, and knee. then he missed 45 days. He hurt his knee. Yep. Uh, so, yeah, I'm avoiding this one. I think so, too. I mean, 12 team, it starts to get tougher to, to kind of be picky, but at Cleveland, too, man. I don't really want to go into Cleveland and mess with that offense. That offense is no joke. So I, I'd be really cautious on it. Right. Yeah, they got Jason Kipnis back. I mean, they're, they're really uh, – I know they're without uh, Michael Brantley again, but they're almost at full Yeah, yeah they're, they're really getting there. Uh, John Lackey, and I put him on here because he has two good matchups – uh, or actually, just one at Cincy. Can't say can't say two good matchups at Cincy at Philly. Um, the Philly one I, I like more. The Cincy one I'm a little bit suspect on. How do you feel about John Lackey? He just pitched against Cincy and beat him okay. his last time out on the 16th. Six innings, uh, one run, kept it in the yard. Uh, seven base runners, six strikeouts. Uh, he's been pitching well. Outside of that, when the when the Nationals just creamed him right there before the All Star break, that was tough. he's been on a roll. He's, we got one, two, three, four, five, six games, uh, and only one of those has he allowed more than two run runs. So he's yeah, he's, he's been in fantastic. There giving you five and six, um, just getting it done, rolling along. I will go ahead and take him for these matchups. I would take him as well, and I would I would start Lackey over Eduardo Rodriguez. And you know, rest of season, I'm 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 going to have Rodriguez slotted higher than Lackey. But for this week only, give me Lackey. All right, Zach Davies, last one in the medium here at San Francisco at the Dodgers. Two things on the road. Um, Charlotte Charlotte disagrees. Uh, (laughs) I'm ambivalent on this one. I mean, they kind of balance. They kind of balance each other out. The Dodgers lineup again is is no joke. uh, But the the Giants, you'll see where where that one goes. Uh, They balance each other out. I'm just. I mean, I could go either way on this one. I can't commit. I really could too. I, I totally get what you're saying. I know that's not like a great answer for people trying to figure it out. Like, it, I think it does have to be a team dependent thing. If you're chasing and and you're really trying to to stream two star guys, I think you can you can go ahead with Davies. He's smoothed himself out. He had a tough uh, start there. He took a five eighteen ERA through the first two months. Uh, over the last two and a half, 
uh, he's down to 365, which is where I kind of expect somebody like Zach Davies. Of course, if you're chasing something like strikeouts, he's not a guy that's going to help you. Even in the midst of those good 14 starts, 53 strikeouts and 86 in the third. So I think it's a team dependent. I'm going to lean no. And if I'm ranking these four in the medium, I'm going to say Roark, Lackey, Rodriguez, Davies. Davies would be last. But I don't fully rule him out. So it's a little bit of fence sitting, but I think he's just one of those up in the air sort of guys. Mm -hmm. All right, let's move on to deep leagues, which is only leagues and probably anything 15 teams or higher mixed wise. Let's start with Jose Urena at Philly, home to the Padres. I think I say no every time this guy's name pops up. And <laughs> I, I think you do too. We have talked about him a lot because he seems to uh, always be that that deep league two start guy. And I mean, he's putting up numbers: two three sixty one ERA, one twelve WHIP, only six point one strikeouts, three point one walks. That's that, that's always the thing for me. It's just he doesn't strike the, the, dudes the out. Stuff is there uh, to miss some more bats too. I I really wish he would. Yeah. He pops ninety five. He has secondaries that he can trust. I like Jose Arena. I'm actually going to trust him here, but I fully understand why you're reluctant. I, now I'll take him. I'll take him over Clevenger. Okay, that's next. Mike Clevenger, Boston yeah, KC. Yeah, at home. and that's why I'm looking at. I don't want to start Clevenger. I have him in Tout Wars. I'm just desperate for starts, but that's got that's got a recipe for disaster. Depending on which Clevenger He's shows been up, if he can't command his yeah. stuff, he's two different guys. You're right. You said which Clevenger shows up. Yeah, I'll bench him, and he kicks yep. ass. And then I put him, and then he sucks ass. It's really killing me. But I'm gonna leave him in there. I'm gonna leave. I'm gonna leave him in there. I don't want to. I'm just desperate. But if you're not desperate like me, um, I, if you're not desperate like me, then uh, I would sit him. I don't like. I don't like the matchup. Even in a two start week, uh, I would. I would take Urena over Clevenger. I would week. too. Uh, here's one that I did not expect to put in the deep, but this is where he belongs because I don't think you can start him in any of the other formats. Stephen Matt here either <laughs> has been. At, what's that? Said so I wouldn't start him here either. No, I don't think I would either. At home to Arizona at Washington. Steven Matz has been a nightmare. Let me just give you some numbers. Uh, seasonal. I mean, he didn't start the season until June 10th. Got off to a decent start there. Started looking a little bit like himself. He wasn't missing bats, but the results were there. He had a 267 uh, ERA, 212 through his first five starts, which took him uh, to just the start before the All-Star break. Then in that start at St. Louis, he allowed five runs and four and a third. Came back out of the break, got his clock cleaned by Colorado, but at home, one inning, seven runs. Uh, five innings, three against Oakland, three six at San Diego, five three at Colorado. It's just been a nightmare. Bottom line is six oh eight ERA, forty eight strikeouts and sixty six and two thirds. Arizona, Washington. I think that's a f- easy no for Matt right now. Okay, uh, yeah. I, I no. guess we don't really need to do anything. Further. <laughs> I, I am curious in your outlook on Matt's next year, though. Like, health has, has eluded this guy throughout. That's why he was a little bit. Uh, stunted as a prospect you know he was he was a legit prospect but it took him a while to like really get going he came up at i know 24 is not late i don't want to say late bloomer but a lot of a lot of times these uh top 100 guys can come up at 22 23 very often now but injuries sidelined him and 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 kind of derailed him a little bit but then he came up he was brilliant he had the fantastic 2016 um but then this year's been a nightmare how are you valuing Matt's next year? I, I, I have zero shares of him this year. Didn't get him in drafts. I thought he was, you know, people were taking him highly. And I, I would assume that people are going to look at him as a bounce back candidate. I mean, there's got to be a big discount for me to grab, for me to go after him next year. I'm just. Massive yeah, discount. Because I can't count. I, in a 12 team mixed league, he's not draftable. There's so many better options. There's so many better options. 
everything's going right for him, it's great. But in, there's, he's not 12. He's, he's reserve in 15. Uh, and in the only league, he's single dollar value. I don't know if you heard Charlotte barking, but she signed Matt's to an extension in her NL only. So when I bring him up, she gets pretty angry. All right, two more. Nick Pavetta, home twice to Miami and the Cubs. How do you feel about Pavetta? He's another one of those Jekyll Hyde guys like um, like Clevenger. Yeah. Struck out 11 against the Padres the other day. They didn't get sent down to AAA, but it was basically a procedural move because he's coming back up as to give the them 26 a... guy in a doubleheader on Monday or Tuesday. Exactly. And he's still getting it. It's still just a procedural thing. But he pulled 11 strikeouts, but... It, the Jekyll and Hyde thing, and it's mostly the Hyde five, eight, five, three, nine. Is no, I can't try. And you got Chicago as one of these matchups. Pass. I agree. No more. No more needs to be said. It, it's just. It's just too inconsistent. And like you said, it's more Hyde than, than Jekyll. And even with the with some of the good mixed in, we're still talking about a six twenty five ERA in ninety three and two thirds. Ninety nine strikeouts are nice, but how far can they really get you when you're giving up nineteen homers, which is a one point eight rate? Last guy you added him on here, and I'm very interested on your thoughts on Andrew Albers at Atlanta at the Yankees. Yeah, I mean for me, when you look at it, it's a two start week. Seattle's playing well uh, behind them. Uh, the Yankees have their struggles against left-handed pitching. You look in the second half, and they're one of the war- 10 worst teams uh, offensively against lefty starters. And Atlanta is what they are. They're not much better. Uh, and and they, have, they have their trouble as well. So these are two bottom-half teams against left-handed pitching. If you look at what Albers has done in the minor leagues, I mean, it's just a matter of he doesn't walk. He doesn't get himself into trouble with walks, 120 innings, 115 strikeouts. 19 walks, only six home runs, and this was this was Triple A. Uh, so I, that's what I I like seeing those types of guys. And you know, his first time out wasn't the greatest uh, for everything. He had uh, five innings, six hits, did give up a home run, struck out four, but he did get uh, a win for the for the Mariners. And so within two start week, if you're in a when we're looking deep, this is an AL. I think it's worth taking a, a stab to see what you can get out of him this week. And and if he does great. He's okay. in. He, he does his thing. Move on. Uh, I'm not looking at a long-term play. I'm just looking at a, a two-start week thing and with nice matchups. This is a, a straight yeah, streamer, this, right? It's then. all about the. It's all okay. about the matchups. Uh, I've got two offenses that have issues against left-handed pitching. I dig it. I dig it. All right, Jason. That's going to wrap it up, man. We are we are really heading down the stretch here. I can't believe it's August 20th. Um, you know, pretty soon we're gonna be pissing people off by by spending three minutes talking about fantasy football uh, every week. I have one draft this year. One. Ah, I envy the, the baseball writers league. The baseball writers league, and, and it's September seventh. It's, it's the first Thursday night. That's our draft. Uh, and the same thing happened last year because I think I took what was it Mike Anderson, whatever whatever running back did well for the Broncos that night. Uh, and I think I took him in the third round. I still won the league, too. That's a crazy thing. Uh, but I'm supposed to be at a Mets game that night uh, with some colleagues. So and, will you be uh, drafting and, from the Mets game? I, I need to find somebody to draft for me. Uh, uh, so if you're listening taking you want volunteers. to draft for me, there you go. I need somebody to draft for me because I'm supposed In fact, I, I should be going to that Mets game with somebody who listens to this podcast who also works with me. Uh, so we're, we're making plans to go on. That's why when they said the draft, I'm like, well, crap, I can't make it. And I don't have a local one here. Uh, I don't think the one, the barbershop league I won last year so far has not called to say, hey, we're having the draft in a couple of weeks. So maybe the champ gets kicked out or something. I don't know. Uh, they don't want to play with you though. It's too good. It's too I, I, damn I just good. I like drafting. It. It's playing the season out that I hate. It's it's the that, drafting part that's fun. <laughs> yeah, dra- drafting is is the best part of 
all of it, right? I mean, even fantasy baseball, I love playing out the season, but the drafting is is where it's really amazing. So yeah, uh, I'm sticking Who with is my. It? It's uh, uh, crap. The RotoWear. Have you seen the the RotoWear shirts? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm getting uh, Michael Rathburn's getting me a, a lineup lineups and chill. Dude, sure. I have that one. They, they hooked me up with that one. It's awesome. Nice. Rotoware.com. Not an official advertisement, but I'm going to pimp them out because they have very cool shirts. Uh, it's lineups and chill in the Netflix uh, yeah. in the Netflix font. I'm wearing one right now that's the commissioner in the Godfather font. Uh, oh, nice. I'm wearing that actually right this moment. They have a cool one that I really like. Oh, I might have to uh, might have to try to pick this one up. It's it says sleepers, in uh, and it's in this like nice aqua blue color so yeah rotoware.com check them out we need a logo we simply make us a logo and we give out some shirts in arizona that's a that's a genius idea we need to get on this merch no the genius idea by the way the g if it's that the genius idea um did you catch my appearance on the endless league podcast last i did right up your alley we want to do a first twitch oh i loved it by the way i was laughing so hard at first twitch that's a great (laughs) name and yeah I'm, i'm obviously i think we could get something going you can do you can you there is a way to stream um under IRL which is in real life uh like from your phone or from your iPad or something so i feel like we could get something going i think we need to uh investigate first twitch, that first first twitch at first pitch yeah, yeah we'll f- make sure we don't get in trouble with uh USA today um for giving but we got it, it really should be the events outside of the conference so like first twitch and some poker first twitch and some eating water burger first twitch exactly. and some exactly the the ballpark the fantasy game we play in the ballpark around the fall stars game and that's what i was thinking too be at the fall stars and 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 the the post game stuff like you're saying after the conference because we're not gonna be able to do the conference that would obviously be terrible i mean we wouldn't even try to do that because that that'd be robbing them basically of saying hey no one paid for it and we're just out here twitching it so yeah look for something like this is our weekly this is our weekly reminder too if you have not yet signed up for first pitch arizona i'm not going to stop reminding people It, it yeah, the, the price has gone up since we first started talking about it, but we told you back then that if you don't sign up early, you're going to end up paying more. Still worth it, it's but uh, the, 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 get out. The top price is worth it, right? So, like, even if you miss out on the discounts, but you re- if you can go, you really should. It's so great. It's so, so great. But, Jason, got to get out of here. I got my flight book, brother. What's that? <laughs> I already got my flight book. What, 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 oh, yeah, I need to do that. I need to do that because I got my flight book, got the hotel, but yeah, I, I've got to go out for work ahead of it, so it's it's working out perfectly. I procrastinated on our on our trip to uh, to Boston for the Fangraphs trip, and I got middle seat on my flight out there, and so I deserve oh, that, dude. And connections, so both of those were my own fault. Hey, and thankfully you got thankfully you were able to get off the plane because if you imagine a direct middle from Austin to Boston, that oh, was no. short. You're right. Actually, having the 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 walk over to the to the gate definitely helped stretch the old legs out. So uh, I won't do that again. In fact, I, you know what? Maybe I'll jump off this after I edit the pod. I will book my flight to Arizona. All right, Jason, are we on for next week? What do you got? Yes, we are. I have no conflicts uh, next week, and I don't even think I have conflict the week after because UCF football's Thursday night. Stupid schedule makers. I can't even go. Um, yeah, so I am trying to. Uh, I got to find a college football game. I miss college football. I mean, say what we want about the NFL, it's but coming. I freaking love college football. It's coming. Yeah, it's, it starts next weekend. Starts or next weekend Saturday. after. But this coming Saturday is the first Saturday the, of college the football. Twenty sixth game. Oof. Yeah, there's Man. some game. I don't. Know. I'm hoping it's a Mac game. It'll be Labor Day before we know it. it, it it's insane how quickly Need things are going. But you know what? Action. Still... 
Maction is, is pretty great. I like I like some Maction on like a Tuesday in November. Oh yeah. When you're just sitting around writing like uh, baseball HQ profiles and you got some action on the TV, that that that's pretty good. But I don't want to think about the winter yet. I want to focus on the baseball that we do have. Jason, we'll be back. By the way, Eno and I were supposed to go Friday. Had conflict. That's why that didn't go up. Uh, and then you and I pushed to from Saturday to Sunday. So I I lied on on Jeff Zimmerman's episode when I said that uh, Eno and I would be going. We didn't. We weren't able to link up on Friday, but we will be back this week per usual and i'll do a solo app so we'll be back on track all right jason i'll talk to you later have a good one all right brother you too man